Hello, everyone. Long time no talk. It has, uh, it's been a minute. Um, I wanted to make sure that I took some time in the very beginning of this episode to kind of explain what you're going to hear. So back in September, which was about two or three months after we had taken a step back from the show, I had hit a really low point and I felt like I needed to just like talk things out and I was in between therapy sessions and just felt like, you know, the thing for me to do at the time was just to record myself talking. Um, So in the very beginning of this episode, you will hear me in a really, really low place. Um, You can hear it in my voice. My voice is going to sound very different in the next segment um, compared to how it sounds right now, which is honestly a good thing. Uh, Rest assured that uh, things do get better, but I just wanted to let everyone know that like I I sound not so great and cheery. um, And I do mention some suicidal ideation, I guess we'll call it. not like a suicide attempt or anything like that, but just like the thoughts, um, which I know I've been open about on this show before, but I also know that that is something that requires a trigger warning for a lot of people. So I wanted to make sure that I came on early in the episode and let you guys know that some of that will be discussed. The first 10 minutes of the episode are kind of heavy just because of where I was at when it was recorded, but um, I, you know, cut that section off and then go right into me current day talking about what's happened since that recording and then you know just more in general what's happened since we stopped recording the show altogether Um, and then I also am going to go into you know what my life looks like now what the show looks like now um, and some other fun stuff like that so if the first 10 or so minutes um, is a little too heavy for you, uh, feel free to skip forward a little bit if you need to. The end gets much later, but rest assured, things get better. Um, <laughs> I just felt like it was really beneficial for not only myself to listen to that recording of myself from you know, that, that really low point, um, but I also thought it would be beneficial for everybody else to kind of hear how just a couple months can just so dramatically change your perspective, your outlook, and your just feelings towards life in general. Um, So I wanted to make sure that I put in this little vulnerable moment. (laughs) So here we go. Live and in stereo, it's Shay Ashley with main character energy. Um, well, I don't even, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, I guess we'll start at the beginning. So when I left the show, when we left the show, I guess, um, it was, you know, right around when my, my grandmother had passed and that was, you know, it's never fun to lose a loved one. It's never easy. Um, and I think it just hit me a lot harder than I expected it to. Um, and, you know, since then, like, 
I keep waiting for things to get easier or get better. And I kept, you know, waiting for this moment that I would feel like things were back to normal and the way they were before. And it's not like I can blame how I'm feeling completely on the death of my grandmother. Like, I think it was just that event was such a trigger for me that it just sent me down a spiral. And it's something that I haven't talked to really anyone about. Um, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast Instagram right at the beginning. Um, but I, I guess what a lot of people kind of probably aren't aware of is that not only did I take a step back from the podcast and the show, but I took a step back from like life, even though it might not look that way on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I took a step back from friends and family and loved ones, and I felt like that was what I needed to do at the time. And as much as, you know, that may have been what I needed at the time, it also you know, just sent me further into this, like, dark hole, and I just, I don't know, I, I feel, I feel alone, but I also know that I'm the reason for that, so, like, who do I have to be mad at but myself? Um, so, I, I don't, I don't know if this episode, I don't know if any of this will ever be heard, I don't know if any of this will ever be shared, but, I had therapy last night, and I won't have therapy for another week, and I woke up this morning and didn't want to live anymore. <laughs> I just, I just have hit this point where, like, I feel like nothing makes me happy anymore. Like, it's so fleeting. Every so often, I'll have these moments where I'm like, okay, things are going to be okay. And then as quick as they got there, they're gone. Um, and that's just such a sad way to live. And unfortunately, you know, rewiring our brain is not an easy, easy thing to do. Sorry, I'm trying to drink uh, some lemon water this morning. Um, so basically, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm recording this as a form of like therapy for myself. And I'm hoping that if I just talk out what's in my head and what I'm feeling, maybe it'll help, but probably not. So basically when I, when I found out that my grandmother had passed, it was almost immediately after Taylor and I finished recording with Allie for our last episode. Um, we didn't know at the time that that was going to be our last episode. So we wrapped up recording. I actually had like kind of a good day that day. Um, and we had a great time recording with Allie. And it was a blast for me just to like be with her again and see her. Um, and we were eating a charcuterie board and... I was in like a pretty good mood um, and then my phone rings and it's my dad and I answer and I'm 
I said something stupid like, hey, Faja, or something dumb like that. And my dad kind of laughs and then takes a breath and was like, hey, will you take me off speakerphone? And he wasn't off speakerphone, but the second he said, he wasn't on speakerphone, but the second he said that, I knew it was something like serious. And then he just like very, you know, casually and quietly was like, so your grandmother passed today. And it's not like that was unexpected. Like she had been suffering from dementia for a long time. Um, like I, she started calling me by my aunt's name when I was in college still. Um, and for those of you that are new here, my aunt died when I was 15. And that was really hard for me. Um, so it wasn't like this was out of nowhere. It wasn't like I was blindsided. But at the same time, like... I think I had chosen to just act like it wasn't a problem, like it wasn't something that was happening to make myself feel better in the moment. And in doing that, I basically convinced myself that I didn't need to go see her. I didn't need to go say goodbye because I wasn't going to lose her because that's what I needed to tell myself at the time to feel better in the moment. And then when I finally decided to go see her, it was too late. Um, So she passed on a Thursday And earlier that week, I had decided in talking to my cousin that lives in Arizona, um, you know, I had decided that I was going to go see my grandmother and go go see both of my grandparents, but, um, you know, mostly go to see my grandmother and like FaceTime her so my cousin could see her too. And like we had this whole plan and then I didn't even get the opportunity to go do that. Um, And like that really sucks. Like, that really sucks. Like, I didn't, I was, I am the only reason that I didn't get to say bye to her. Because um, that, I just, I don't know. Like, I was being so selfish and felt so fragile at the time that, like, I knew if I did go see her, like, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, and instead of, like, trying to be strong about it and trying to give my benefit, like, give myself the benefit of the doubt, like, I just didn't do it. Um, And here I am. That was back in July when she passed. Here I am the end of September right now. And I still haven't seen my grandfather. I, I like we, we didn't have like a funeral. She was cremated. We like because of COVID, like we didn't do anything really for her. Um, And I like haven't seen my grandfather. And I just I don't know. So that's that's been a lot. Um, and then if any of you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen, you know, in the month of September this past month, um, I had been traveling a lot. We were in the Outer Banks and then I went to my lake house and then I was in San Diego and then I was in the Outer Banks again. Um, and on social media, you know, it looks like you know, we're having a blast and we're at the beach and I'm posting all these pictures and, you know, as fun as it was, like it wasn't. Um, and that is what's so worrisome. I think I wanted to do all of those things because I needed them to pull me out of a dark place. Um, and what I came to realize was that that dark place only followed me wherever I was going. Um, I, you know, we, we went to San Diego 
and by we, I mean Christian and myself, went to San Diego to visit his family. His whole family is from there. They all live out there, um, and we hadn't seen them for, God, probably about six months. So we went out there to see his family, and, like, San Diego's fucking beautiful. Ideally, it's where I would like to live at some point in my life. I just can't fucking afford it right now. So Baltimore it is for the time being, but... Anyway, we were out there to visit his family and celebrate his grandmother's 80th birthday. And it was, you know, supposed to be this amazing, beautiful, wonderful weekend. And I was having such bad panic attacks that, like, I couldn't even enjoy it. Um, And, like, panic attacks to the point of, like, I'm so nauseous that I was, like, dry heaving and gagging. Like... So, like, my anxiety and my panic attacks were causing me so much, like, physical pain, I guess we'll say. Like, I had such a physical reaction um, that, like, I couldn't eat the entire time I was out there. Like, we went out to a nice dinner and, like, I couldn't even eat the food that I ordered. Um, His family's in the wine business, so they obviously like to drink wine. I couldn't even, like, enjoy having a glass of wine with his family. Um, Our first morning there, we drive over to his parents' house um, to go see his mom and, like, get breakfast and stuff. And just in the 10 seconds I was standing outside of his door or their door, I literally had to run to the bushes because I thought I was going to throw up because my anxiety was so bad. And I think what made it so sad was that I was looking at this trip and all of the other trips as a way to like make myself feel better um and it just made me even more sad when I realized that I'm in these beautiful places surrounded by people that I love very much and I feel nothing I don't feel better I didn't feel good I didn't I didn't have that feeling that I knew I should have on a beautiful sunny day in San Diego California surrounded by people that I absolutely adore I didn't feel like I should have and that's terrifying um and like thank god I have Annie um because I was able to call Annie that first morning that I was out there and just kind of like sobbed to her on the phone and she calmed me down quite a bit um But, like, God, it's just there's no worse feeling than knowing that you should be happy and you're not. And, like, there's nothing you can do to change that or fix that. Um, And, like, I mean, I say that, but realistically, the only option to help yourself is to go to therapy, which I am in every Tuesday. I have therapy. Um, I, I go every week. And outside of that, like the only other option is to go on medication. And that's something that I know I've talked about on the show. I do not like taking medication. Um, I have had really bad experiences with it in the past. Um, And I, I chose back in, God, what was that? Probably 2019 to switch over to medicinal marijuana which has been great for the last two years but unfortunately you know there are other effects of marijuana it's not just calming like you do get high (laughs) um and 
I can't do that during work hours. And I don't always want to do that when I'm going to be hanging around other people all day. Um, It's more of like a at nighttime before bed type of thing to help me sleep. And I think this whole, you know, past three months has pushed me to realize that like I might have to go back on meds soon. And that's fucking terrifying for me. Like I really have had such terrible experiences in the past. Like I, I understand the value that antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds like hold and have, but I also know the side effects of all of them. And that's what I don't want to fucking deal with. Like I can't handle suicidal thoughts when I already live with them. Like I can't have them have a microphone and I can't handle potentially gaining weight because I have struggled with eating disorders in the past. And I hate that that's the one answer to be able to help ourselves. But I also know that like when you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, like there's not much else you can do. Like that's not something we can fix on our own. So I am currently grappling with the idea of going back on antidepressants or anti-anxiety or all of the above um, is going to take me a minute, I think, to make a decision, but I know that it would help me and it's probably what I need, especially going into these winter months because seasonal depression is very real. All right, let's everybody take a deep breath after that. Thank you all for coming on that journey with me and allowing me to be vulnerable. I was actually a little nervous um, when I first, you know, thought about, you know, when we bring this show back, what's it going to look like and what's the first episode going to be and lots to consider. I've had lots of thoughts running through my brain for weeks now um, and I toyed around with the idea of sharing some of those recordings that I took of myself when I was in those low points Um, and it's kind of scary. It's super scary actually to one, listen back to that and to two, share such intimate thoughts and feelings with, you know, however many people are going to listen to this. But I feel like those are a lot of times the most important conversations to let people in on. And a big part of this show is me forcing myself to do the hard things that I think we all need to be doing because I'm hoping that if I have the courage to publicly do some of these hard things that maybe a couple of you might have the courage, you know, in your private lives to do some of these hard things and just open up to a family member, open up to a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, anybody. But if all you can do right now is open up to your phone and just record yourself, put, turn on your video camera, sit in your car and scream and cry and be angry and be upset and feel all of the things and just record yourself doing it. And don't share it with anybody if you don't want to. Don't talk to anybody about it. But uh, there's something so freeing about getting those emotions out and feeling like they've been heard even if nobody's listening. And once you get comfortable with the idea of those feelings and those emotions being heard, it becomes a lot easier to actually present them and share them to other people. Um, and that's something that like, even though I have this show, I'm still struggling with it. I am not perfect by any means. I know I've said that time and time again on this show 
all up and down season one, I was talking about how, you know, I'm not a professional and I don't have it all figured out. And I hope y'all are hearing me when I say that. I am simply here doing this with you all because I saw not only how bad I struggled with mental health, but how bad everybody struggles with mental health. And I noticed that everybody was struggling, but nobody really wanted to talk about it. And that didn't make sense to me. That just, that makes no sense. If, if we're all struggling and we're all feeling this way, why are we all afraid to talk about it? Wouldn't it just be easier if we all were like, hey, this fucking sucks. Let's, let's just talk about how it sucks and let's sit in the suck together for a second and then support each other in feeling better and moving on. And when things inevitably get hard again, it'll be easier to deal with it the second time around because we know we have a support system and we know how to handle these emotions and these feelings and and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to make sure that, you know, as vulnerable as that was for me to share, that I needed to share it. And there, you know, there were definitely a couple parts that were taken out. Um, that recording in its entirety was probably closer to about 35 minutes long and I think I only shared with you all about 10 minutes of it. And honestly, you're welcome for that. <laughs> I shared with you the good parts and then for most of it, I really just like ramble at the end and just start talking nonsense about things that just don't even matter. Um, so I shared with you guys what I would consider maybe the more entertaining part of that recording. But either way, um, I hope that if there's anybody that listened to that and could, you know, it resonated with you, I hope you just know that you're not alone. I know that one of the most upsetting things that I experienced during that time um, that I definitely just touched on in that recording was feeling like I should be happy and not being happy. And I know that sounds so funny. Like that, that almost is like kind of laughable to say out loud because like, don't we all feel like that sometimes? And like, Shay, you have depression. You know, that's not an unusual feeling for you. Yes, you're correct. I have depression. It's not abnormal for me to like not, you know, be amazingly happy all the time. But I was always this person that when I would get into a low spot, I would convince myself that if I, you know, would do this thing or go to this place or see this person, um, that I would feel better. It, it would make me feel better. It was always this like this next thing I had to focus on and that's kind of what the vacations um, I was referring to in the last recording, that's kind of what I looked at those as. I was looking at, you know, both trips to the Outer Banks and the trip to San Diego as like, okay, this is what's going to pull me out of this, you know, depressive state. This is what's going to make me feel better. This is what's going to turn everything around. And this is what's going to like project me into this next phase. And I'm going to just be so much better. And boy, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> that just, I don't even know why I thought that was going to happen because I was grieving. I wasn't just depressed. I was also grieving and grief has a process um, and grief isn't linear. Some days are good and some days are really bad. Just like depression isn't linear. Some days are good and some days are really bad. Anxiety, it's the same way. Like trauma, any sort of anything that you're working through, it's not going to be linear. And some days are going to be good and some days are going to be bad. And understanding that is something that really turned into being a 
a key component in my recovery. And I'm not saying recovery in the sense of like, well, here I am and I'm 100% better now. Oh, by all means, that is not the case. But just in this process of learning more about myself and supporting myself and giving myself grace and just being patient and understanding that this journey I'm on is going to have some serious ups and downs. And sometimes those downs are going to be on an 80 degree day in sunny San Diego. And that might not seem ideal. In the moment, it definitely was not ideal. I was like, damn, this this really sucks. This is not how I wanted to be feeling on vacation. And I was looking to come out here and just have the best time of my life. And here I am feeling just as miserable as I was back in Maryland. And why is that the case? And what's wrong with me? And it's like, homegirl, give yourself some grace. You've had a tough couple months. Just because you switched your environment doesn't mean that everything in your head is going to switch with it. That was kind of hard for me to understand. Um, and I know that there are probably a lot of people listening to this that can, you know, at least relate a little bit to what I mean by like, I'm sure there are a lot of people, it can't just be me, that feels like, you know, if I switch up my environment, like I'm the first person, if my anxiety gets bad, then my OCD tendencies tend to get a lot worse too. So I, the first thing I'll do is like jump up and start cleaning my environment, which a lot of times does help but it's like a band-aid it's not fixing or solving the actual issue at hand it's just like temporarily soothing the pain um which is also very similar to that same concept of you know for me it might be cleaning in the moment but for someone else it might be yeah okay i need to get up and go to the gym which is great that is an amazing coping mechanism but again it's a band-aid it soothes temporary pain it doesn't fix the problem at hand though Um, and traveling, it's the same thing. A lot of people will, you know, throw themselves into travel and say, oh, well, I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate my relationship. I'm miserable. But, you know, if I plan this trip and I go to Barbados next month and I have the time of my life, everything will be better. It might be for a couple minutes or a couple days or a couple weeks even. But if you keep convincing yourself that it takes, you know, a thing, a person, Uh, anything like if it takes a specific thing to make you happy you're never truly going to be happy you're never truly going to get there and that's something that I feel like for a long time I was chasing I was looking for these external factors to prove to me that I was happy it was like a destination thing and not like a physical destination but it was like once this happens like once I get to this point that's that's when I'll be better And that's just not logical. Like, I don't know why. I think for me, that was just easier to be like, okay, well, I'm not happy because this hasn't happened yet. But really and truly, at the end of the day, you as an individual are the only person that has the ability to make yourself happy. And that's that's not saying like, again, you have to go buy yourself something to make the treat yourself. Absolutely. But remind yourself at the same time that that's just a band-aid. If you are not happy with who you are or, you know, your life or the people you have in your life, it takes hard work in order to get to a point where you will feel differently about your circumstances. And a lot of times that hard work seems near impossible because you are already at such a low point. Like the last thing you want to do when you have this rain cloud over your head is you know go strap on a 
like a mule on your back or oh, what's the holes thing? The last thing you want to do is carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain when it's already raining over your head. I am so hoping that that <laughs> reference doesn't get lost on anybody, but you know, bear with me. I'm just saying that I understand that when you're at a really low point, the last thing you want to do is like get nitty gritty with yourself and do the really hard work in order to start getting better. And that's okay. Take time. Give yourself some grace. Be patient with yourself. Allow yourself to feel what you need to feel, but then also be aware of when those feelings subside, that's when it's time for the work to begin. When you start to feel your head come up above water for a second, that's when it's time to go, okay, now that my head's above water, where's the closest life raft and how do I get back to shore? That's not the time to just go, okay, let me tread water for a second until I go back under. That's not going to help you. You know, at some point you're going to get tired of treading the water. You have to be prepared to stick your head up and say, okay, my head's just enough above water that I can see the shoreline now. I can't quite make it there by myself, but I know that if I, you know, reach out this way, there's a life raft I can grab onto. And if I grab the life raft and I just start kicking my feet, at some point I'll make it back to shore. And once I get back to shore, things will be a lot easier. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn over the past several months that's been very hard for me. I was super hard on myself like I would have really really bad days and then I'd have a good day and the second I had a good day I'd convince myself that you know the bad days were all over and they were all gone and I'm I'm better and I would be really hard on myself the next time I'd have a bad day which a lot of times would literally be the immediate day following a good one and then I would kick myself I would be so upset and so angry and frustrated and blaming myself for everything and that just inevitably put me in a deeper hole it made me feel even worse um like if I can't support myself who's gonna support me you know what I mean so that's something that I've had to learn the hard way in the last couple months and honestly what I will say is just in that process if there's one thing I can say to anybody that's like really truly struggling with their mental health, which at this point we're going on year 986 of COVID. I'm really tired of it. I know we're all really tired of it. I know we're all ready for life to go back to normal. So I can't imagine anybody's like, oh yeah, I have stellar mental health right now. And if you do, amazing. I love that for you. Um, but for those of us that are still, you know, not in the best place with ourselves or just with life in general, be patient just give yourself grace. Listen to your body and your brain is part of your body. I'm not saying listen to every single intrusive and anxious thought that comes into your head, but when you feel like you need to take a break, take a break. Don't be hard on yourself and say, no, you got to keep going or you won't be successful. That's not true. The most successful people are the people that understand when it's time for them to rest. You have to rest your body and your brain. Your soul will thank you and you will feel better. And honestly, when I was finally able to just say, hey, this sucks and I'm going to let it suck for a minute. And if I need to be upset, I'm going to be upset and I'm going to do it in an appropriate way, but I'm going to let myself do that. And my body will let me know when I'm ready to start working on myself again. I can't rush this process. I have to let, you know, time do its job. Time heals all. And I also did what I mentioned. I know in that little snippet, I briefly was talking about how I was deciding whether or not I was going to go back on medication. I made the decision to try to continue pushing forward without medication. I 
I'm pretty proud of that decision. It was a hard decision for me. I really was almost ready to go back. And I, I want to be clear, there's absolutely nothing wrong in going on any sort of medication, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, anything, if that is what you need at the time and if it is what's being recommended to you by your trusted physician, psychiatrist, anything like that. Do what you need to do, but also know that that isn't the only option. Sometimes if you, you know, have a really good therapy regimen and you have a good support system and you can just give yourself some time, sometimes that's all you need. And it's going to suck. It's not going to be the most easy process, but it can be done. Um, So just know that if you're, you know, facing that same decision of, do I need to go on meds or am I okay the way I am? You're perfectly fine the way you are. You don't need to go on medication, but if it gets to a point where you can't keep your head above water any longer by yourself, it is okay to ask for that help and get that help. And just know that if you make that decision, it doesn't have to be permanent. Nobody says you have to take this pill every day for the rest of your life. You could take a pill every day for three months just to get your head above water long enough for you to grab onto that life raft. That's all you need to do. But I ended up deciding not to do that. And it worked out just fine for me, so I know it will work out just fine for you guys if you choose to do the same thing. But I want to uh, quickly, you know, wrap up this little conversation about my low point this past year and move on to what I know everybody is wondering at this point in the episode, where is Taylor? So when Taylor and I um, stopped the show back in July... There was a lot going on in both of our personal lives, Um, and I think it was beneficial for both of us, for both of our mental health, for us to take a step back from the show when we did, and I really applaud us in being able to, you know, make that hard decision and do what was right for both of us as individuals, and then over, you know, the couple weeks and couple months that we were no longer doing the show. Taylor and I actually did kind of take a step back from one another as well. Not saying that like we're not friends anymore, absolutely nothing like that. We just both really had to like kind of turn inwardly and like focus on ourselves and our families and our relationships and stuff like that. Um, So Taylor and I actually did take like a little bit of a a break and just I mean after talking to each other about absolutely everything going on in our lives for weeks at a time it was okay for us to not talk to each other for a minute um and we still loved each other and supported each other from afar but we did take a little bit of a break from each other and then we reconvened and went to a football game um which was nice it was nice to catch up with her and at that point we still had not even talked about bringing the show back we were just still so focused on like our individual growth And then a couple months ago, um, I really started to think about wanting to bring the show back and if slash when I did that, what it would look like. And my original concept for this show was never it being about me or being about Taylor or being about any one individual person. My concept for the show was that it would be about everyone. It would be about mental health in general, and it would be an opportunity for people to come together and have these very vulnerable and tough conversations that I think need to be happening far more often than they are naturally. So I'm here to kind of, you know, spice things up and be like, hey guys, this sucks. And if you want to talk about it, I want to listen. And 
Taylor had just like a little bit of a different idea of what the show could or should be and it's not that any one concept was better than the other or right versus wrong nothing like that um, it was just that we had differing ideas of what the show could be and because we had different ideas it made it a little difficult for the show to be successful either way because we were both kind of you know almost playing tug of war like we couldn't get it to either one side um so taylor and i ended up having a really great conversation um and we were you know we both love each other so much and we respect each other so much that it was obviously a tough conversation but at the end of the day it it almost kind of wasn't because we understood that our friendship was far more valuable than just us doing this show together Um, And I I appreciate that so much about Taylor and about our relationship in general because obviously that's a very hard conversation to have with someone, especially a friend that you're somewhat in business with. I mean, I know this isn't a profitable business. I'm not making money yet. Um, But obviously that was a little bit of a tough conversation going into it. I was a little nervous to see what would happen, but we ended up deciding that moving forward, Taylor is going to no longer be on the show um, or be working in the back as a producer. So, um, it'll, it'll mostly be me. Uh, Taylor, I'm hoping I will still get to have her on an episode this season. So that way she can have the opportunity to update you guys on her life and all of the very exciting things she currently has going on, as well as some of the hard things she's experienced over the past year. So I'm hoping that we'll have her on at some point during this season. Um, But I'm sure Taylor would not mind me saying this. If you guys miss her or want to ask her questions or need advice, I'm sure her DMs are still open. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to her. Let her know that you're still thinking about her. Let her know that you still love her. Um, But moving forward, the episodes will be me as your host, as always. Um, And then on top of that, I will be having regular guests on the show. So ideally in season two, we will have about 20 episodes. And out of the 20 episodes, I'm hoping that 14 to 15 of them have guests on them. As of right now, I want to say I have about six or seven guests already lined up. A couple of those interviews are already recorded, which I'm very excited about. Um, But that being said, I'm always looking for new stories, new voices, new guests. So if you're someone that feels like you have a very impactful, inspiring story that you'd like to share, reach out. Let me know. I can't guarantee you that every single person that reaches out is going to get a spot on the show just because there's only so many episodes in this season and your girl still has a full-time job, Um, but I am interested in hearing from anyone that's willing to talk, and um, if you want to come on the show, feel free to reach out. Things are going to look a little bit different this year. I have some exciting rebranding opportunities coming up, and I'm excited to share those with you guys, you know, as they come up and as the show progresses through the season. So stay tuned. I'm not going to, you know, reveal anything too early. Um, But on top of that, I did also just briefly want to mention that um, in the first season, um, there was a lot, because it was so focused on Taylor and I, there was a lot of um, times where I think Taylor and I both divulged certain aspects of our lives that we might not have been fully ready to do um and I don't blame the show for putting us in that position to like be vulnerable and say some of those things but I do just want to make it clear that in season two it is going to be a priority of mine um to not only set personal boundaries of what I'm sharing 
um, for the sake of myself and also my relationships and my family, but also to make sure that our guests are super comfortable and not sharing anything that they're not ready to share and have public because this is a public show. Anybody can listen to it. Um, So that's just something that I know is very important to me this season and just in life in general. I'm still working on setting those boundaries and sticking to them. (laughs) I'm still, I'd like to consider myself, you know, still an open book, but some of those pages are going to be stuck together. The book's still open, but you won't be able to see every single page. Um, And I hope you guys are okay with that. I think it's just, you know, another part of my journey in mental health is understanding what should be said, when it should be said, and who it should be said to. And I think we can all take a lesson from a page in that book. So I think, I think I've said everything I have to say. I know this episode is coming out, um, you know, right after New Year's. It's going to be the first Monday of 2022. Everybody's going back to work. So if you're listening to this on your drive to work, I hope you have a wonderful work day. I hope you kick off your new year right. And if you are looking for some sort of very good mental health New Year's resolution, seriously consider cleaning up your social media. Uh, Go through and, you know, delete the people you follow. Delete some people that you don't need to follow anymore. Delete some people that don't need to follow you anymore. If you've been spending too much time on TikTok, delete TikTok. Um, Really take a focus and pay attention to your mental health. That is something that I think is going to be basically our next epidemic. Um, I see it happening very, very quickly. And I see myself as someone that you know, speaks on mental health a lot. I see it being something that I need to speak up about more. And I'm also working on doing it myself. Um, I went through and deleted, you know, 3000 followers off of my Instagram account. I turned off the likes on all of my uh, posts and I monitor comments. Nobody can comment on my post unless I follow them. Um, So, and I can't even tell you how freeing that is. Everyone's like, oh my God, like you went from having this many followers to like only a couple hundred. Like that's crazy because that's the complete opposite of what everyone else is trying to do right now. Um, But I cannot tell you how amazing it feels because now I can post what I want to post. I can post the pictures that I care about, that I love, that matter to me and not care about the fact that it got, you know, 40 likes as opposed to the picture of my ass three months ago that got 800 likes. Like that doesn't make you feel great. Um, so if you need something that you can do today that doesn't cost you any money that will help your mental health, do that. Take a look at your social media. But other than that, have a wonderful Monday and I will see you all next week. Bye.